The following podcast contains spoilers and words that my mother would prefer I did not say. We watch Hello everybody and welcome back to We Watched A Thing. This week you've got the one, the only, Noosk in the studio with me. How you doing, love? (sighs) (laughs) That does not sound very enthused. I'm coming down with another cold because we have a kid in daycare and it's been three days of happiness. This is going to be a fun record, isn't it? I was due for one. This is going to be gripping, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, let's get into it then, because it's going to be a big one. We've got a couple of things to talk about and a big announcement about the future of the show at the end as well. So let's crack straight into it with Don't Worry Darling, a 2022 American psychological thriller film directed by Olivia Wilde from a screenplay by Katie Silberman, based on a story by Carrie Van Dyke, Shane Van Dyke and Silberman. It stars Florence Pugh, Harry Styles, Wilde herself, Gemma Chan, Kiki Lane, Nick Kroll and Chris Pine. So let's get straight into it then. I, as well as not watching trailers anymore, I'm also just making a point to not be across movie news and gossip and stuff. So I know very little of the controversies around this film other than Mm. there were some. I think I recall hearing something about uh, Harry Styles spitting on Chris Pine. Oh, no, no. That was at the um, premiere. I I don't know. Have you seen the footage? No, I haven't. Very hard to tell. It doesn't look like anything... It doesn't look like anything comes out of Harry's mouth. It doesn't look like he spits, but the way he sort of leans over to get into his chair and then the way Chris Pine looks down at his hands or his lap and then okay. sort of like looks up like, oh, great. Yeah. I don't know. So, and you think it's just people stirring shit? Well, you can see how it does look like he spat on him, but uh, no one will ever know except them. So, there was, I don't know, there was a big thing about that. It just kind of took over the internet for a day or two. Um, I think there was something about the cast and crew all didn't get along, maybe. Right, okay. I'm not sure. I'm, I didn't know I'm the, the same. Only, I don't keep up on that crap. Yeah. The only other thing I heard was that Shia LaBeouf was originally attached and then he got fired. And I can't imagine who he would be playing. I can only imagine he would be playing the Chris Pine role, right? Like, he's too old to be playing the Harry Styles role, unless they just well, really went in a different Hollywood, direction. Hollywood loves to put an older man with a younger <laughs> woman. Like That's true. And I think you mean Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I, I, the only reason I'm bringing all this up is that I feel like it's a little bit of a shame because every article I've seen about this film is only about the controversies. Most people are talking very negatively about this film. And I, I feel like that's a little bit unfair. I, yeah. I quite liked this. Yeah, I enjoyed myself. Is it the best film ever made? No. Do I have some questions coming out of it? Yes. And... It's not, I don't think it's the kind of film where you're supposed to come out with, ooh, what do you think that meant? But I, I don't know, like, I enjoyed it. It's like, what we're in spring now. It felt like a good spring thriller. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with the cast then. Mm. Florence Pugh, as always, is incredible. She yeah. is just fucking fantastic in this film. Yes, and it doesn't help that she is incredibly beautiful, does it, she Billy? She <laughs> is incredibly beautiful, but it's not just that. She's very, very good. Yeah, she she did a but she great is job. But, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know who's also beautiful? Harry, Harry Styles. Styles. Yeah. <laughs> Who, look, here's the thing. I've seen a lot of people talking uh, hate on Harry Styles. Why? I thought he did a great job. I don't think he did a great job, but a lot of people are talking very negatively on him. And I, I think that- as a pop star, it's unfortunate that he comes into something like this with extra baggage because 
people see him as not a serious actor because he's, you know, he, he's yeah, the fucking One Direction. If you want to, if you want to, no, he's not the One Direction kid. Harry Styles stands alone. How dare you? <laughs> um, but but like, if someone wants to get into acting, they have to start somewhere. And I, yeah, I for agree. his first time, I thought he did very well. So I, I agree completely. I this performance was fine. I feel like fine. more than anything, he's, it was better than fine. I I feel like he's a little miscast. I I feel like the nah. performance he gives is totally fine. It's not on par with Florence Pugh or Chris Pine, quite frankly. But I think uh, he does a Chris fine Pine. job. Chris Pine just creeps me out anyway. I've never <laughs> been a Chris Pine fan. So, in this role, it really worked. It, I mean, it does work. He is creepy in this film. Yeah. You can feed- you, I think where this film works really well is the vibes that it gives off. I, I think that Olivia Wilde has really shown herself as a director here. Like, I loved Booksmart, and I thought that that was a was great she film. she Booksmart? She directed Booksmart. Oh, that really? was her debut. Oh, and I think that then coming into this, which is a completely different genre yeah, and style totally and different. feel and everything from Booksmart, I, I think that she's really, really shown that she has something here. I think this yeah. is a gorgeously put together film. I think that- The production value did feel very perfect. Yeah, I think the cinematography is great. Every shot, I think, kind of works as it should. I think the actors are- doing their job. Yep. I think there's some interesting visual flair. I, I, I think the direction is really, really what great. What do you mean by that? I think that the cinematography is more than just nice looking. I mm. think that a lot of it really works for the composition of the shots. Mm -hmm. And this isn't a movie where you watch it and go, it's not like flashy camera work, mm. but it's very, very nice. I think. Yeah, it was very enjoyable. Very enjoyable to watch. Yeah. And what about the set designs and stuff? That yeah, was beautiful, like- <laughs> gorgeous. <laughs> and, you know, the costuming and the makeup, everything was yeah. perfect. Although I did have to laugh when you leaned over to me and you were like, is that hairstyle modern? <laughs> well, I and I was like, no, it's appropriate for the time <laughs> period. It's come back now. <laughs> yeah, well, I think talking about the time period, I think that's where this film really works, is that obviously the time period, which we later find out is not mm. authentic. I guessed it. But I it, is, it. it is a character. And I think that that yes. works really, really well. It's yes. very prominent and upfront. Yes. You never- I don't even think from, and of course, looking back, of course it doesn't. It never comes up with a title card saying what year it is. No, but nor you, does it you, need to because it's very. It. it it feels very real, and yet it feels very surreal at the same time. And that's why I think the twist at the end works. Mm. You know, like there are scenes like early on, and it recurs a few times where all of the men leave at the exact same time. Yeah, they all get in their cars and they yes. drive out, and it's like it has that very kind of off-putting feel about it where yeah. it's like that's not the real world like it mm. doesn't work that way yes and it and i don't know i wasn't alive in the 50s or 60s but i don't think it worked that way then either no of <laughs> that course everyone not. at the exact same time yeah of course that's not how it worked in the 50s either and i think that's why this works because of course when you get that turn at the end that well this isn't the 50s it's virtual and nothing is mm. real mm. i think looking back on scenes like that make a little bit more sense and make it feel less cheesy in hindsight and a little more sinister yeah and while we're praising things instead of criticizing what about the score yeah, Jesus. I love the score for this film. If the, you have anxiety, this score oh, will set you on edge. <laughs> it reminded me a little bit of the score to Men recently yes, with the yes. kind of almost tribal chants, but not tribal, just- 
yeah, very so, vocal. Or sometimes and, like breathy, sometimes yeah, orchestral, yes. sometimes sometimes just music, but like uh, it was just really intriguing. Yeah, it's like this weird blend of human and animalistic sounds mm. and and the the drum beats. Yeah, as someone with anxiety, this this was not a good watch. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was it was really good. Well, okay, you just said while we're praising the film, do you do you want to shit on the film a little? What what didn't you like about the film? Well, there were a th- couple of things towards the end that felt very gratuitous. So I had always suspected Olivia Wilde's character knew that they it wasn't real and they were in a yeah. simulation. So can we can I just ask you about that for a second? So mm. you say you guessed the twist. Did you literally guess that this was virtual reality? Because I thought maybe it was more like a uh the village type scenario where obviously it was fake but not I, I didn't suspect that turn where it was literally this fully created technological kind of landscape. Yeah, I, I I guessed the twist that, of course, they weren't really there and they were, in fact, in modern day. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I specifically guessed virtual reality. Yeah. Um, but, you know, um, maybe it was a um, sort of like through the food they were being drugged or poisoned and yeah. it was like this hidden society out in, I don't know, Nevada or something. I, I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure what I thought it was, but I just was like, oh, I bet this is going to be actually in real life. Florence has suddenly had um, this realisation. Obviously, the electroshock therapy didn't work properly on her, which was kind of convenient. And Olivia Wilde's like, you have to go because she's just killed Harry Styles. You know, if a man dies... In yeah, the, in real, he'll die in real life, um, and then they'll kill you um, because you know she she's figured it out, and he was responsible for her. Um, she was not consensual in being in there. Yeah. Just figured it all out. Olivia Wilde knew all along, and she's sort of like, you know, how, why, you know, and. Olivia Wilde's like, in here I get to be with my kids. And I'm like, oh, of course. Of course. The only consenting yeah. woman, except maybe Gemma Chan, yeah. um, it, you know, it has to be for a reason like that's, yeah. you know, like anyone losing a child is devastating, but it always has to be I, yeah, I know a what mother. You, mean. You, yeah. you know what I mean? It just we, I mean, we me literally off. just saw this with the entire WandaVision Doctor Strange yeah. plot line. And I, I think it would have been more interesting if she was like, hey, in here I get to fucking yeah. fuck around and drink martinis every day. Why exactly. wouldn't, you know? But yes, I agree. Especially since she didn't seem like that involved a mother. Every time we saw her, she was whinging about her kids. So yeah. it's like, mate, just. Just fucking leave the simulation then. Yes, exactly. It was so strange. It, it raises several questions because it also made me wonder, okay, so is her partner there by his choice? And then I realized, well, he must be. He has because to be. He has to be the one leaving every day to keep yes. her body alive the yes. way that, you know, Styles is doing that for Flo. Yes, he goes out and they go to work and- I was like, oh, so so they go to work for yeah um the victory project no, but they have to leave the simulation and go yeah. to work, and I'm like, but Harry Styles, you started all this because your wife was working too much, as you say, and you didn't have a job. If you've got a job now, she <laughs> yeah. could maybe ease up on the number of shifts she has to do as a doctor. Like, yeah. fuck you, mate. I this mean, whole it's... movie is an incels wet oh, dream. Yes, and and I think that's where it's really interesting because there's something scarily authentic about that, about mm. the idea that this 
for some people is a dream yes. because it's about that control. Yes. It's not just about him not wanting to work because, you know, he's he's doing it, but he's now working to keep her controlled. Yes, to, to keep her and, at his disposal, which is so fucking gross. And I think it also- and, <laughs> Like, I, I know you were joking every time, you know, like Florence would like <laughs> greet him at the door with a scotch in hand. Oh, and, yeah. You know, um, dinner ready and fucking blah, those blah, Those were blah, the blah, days, blah. am I right? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I hope you were joking because I kept saying to you, fuck off. Um, but that kind of control over someone is so gross. Yeah. And, you know, she was a successful- Lady, surgeon. That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. How dare she? And yeah. she was working double time because he had lost his job. And, you know, that's fun. That's what couples do. You support each other. But that wasn't enough for him. And it was, ugh. I think it also- And they is- did a good job of making Harry Styles look like a fucking creeper. Yeah. I think it also says something interesting just about technology and the influence of others in this kind of ultra-connected- landscape that we live in you know like he seemed like he probably wasn't an incel to start with like Mm. there was a reason that she dated him in the first place Mm. and they quite even in the very final moments it's very strange when she's going to escape after she's killed him and stuff and she's still kind of i almost wondered what was happening because she's almost still reminiscing about the good times they had together and i was like is she not going to escape here because she's when when right at the end before she touches the portal and they're chasing her and she stops and just kind Kind of remembers him, and I'm like, this is weird. Yeah. So well, clearly, he wasn't all incelly to begin with, and I think it says something no, really interesting about the no, way that he I, lost I his job and then just spends all day on the computer and kind of delves deeper and deeper into this kind of disgusting um, mindset. I disagree. I disagree. Women, um, abused women, can very much love their partners. That's true. And yeah. um, be suppressed at the same time. Yeah, that's and true. And I, I don't feel like you can turn into an incel creeper through listening to a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, listeners, beware. <laughs> <laughs> Billy's actually subliminal messaging you. <laughs> Absolutely. Take the red pill. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I Like, obviously, I think she just always loved him whether he was good for her or not. Yeah, right. And he was always going to be someone who could launch into this community. Yeah. It's a bit like Tom in Succession. He's <laughs> yeah. this simple country yeah. boy, but he's actually now always- Now he's using people as footstools. <laughs> yeah, he's always been ready to be a rich asshole. Yeah. Like, it's just something in you. Yeah. Uh, you you brought her up a little bit before. Can I ask about Gemma Chan and mm-hmm. what you think the story is with her? Because So, that was another point of gratuity for me because- so, she's his wife. Yeah. But sorry, uh, Chris Pine's wife. Chris Pine's the leader of it all. Well, it seems so. Like, I certainly, up until that point, just assumed that this is yes. his. And they also really don't establish the doctor very well. They say that, you know, the doctor they, had a part yes. of building this with him. But yes. he's kind of not. Like, Chris Pine's been running the show. Him and the doctor created this world. It's it's all very handmaids at that point. Mm. Um, you know, the two men creating this bullshit. It's interesting though that the doctor doesn't have a wife in this universe. That's true. It's like he's not, well, just not- yeah. It's very bizarre. It's like he's just helping others, but not fully participating. In it's really strange. Yeah, and you know he's trying to give her pills, but it's virtual reality. So I thought the same thing. I was like, 
this is what I mean by I was left with questions. And yeah. sorry, I'll just I'll just quickly go back to um, Gemma Chen. She has supported Chris Pine through everything. She has told Florence Pugh off at the dinner table for being ungrateful and trying to figure it all out. Yeah. And then Chris Pine's uh, minions aren't capturing Florence Pugh. She's about to make it out. Yeah. And Florence Pugh's about to make it out. And so- I guess, like, we think he's angry, like the whole mission's been fucked up. Yeah. And he turns around and Gemma Chan stabs him. Yeah. And she's like, you stupid man, it's time for me to take over. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, so were you behind it the whole time well, and using him as a patsy? But, but, like, there's, from then on, there are just no other answers on yeah. that. Yeah, and to what end is she- Like, she doesn't then call off the minions chasing Flo. No. Like, it, it's very, very strange. And, and like, we assume Flo makes it out. We see her well, touch the glass yeah. and fall through. Like, she takes a breath of air. Yeah. It seems very obvious that she made it out, even if you don't see that. To me, I'm like, well, if you're not going to show it, well, like- I, th- I was thinking about this later because uh, I, the more you think about it, the more it kind of falls apart because I was thinking about why they didn't show it. Firstly, I don't mind an ambiguous ending. Mm. I, like, you know, the whole Soprano cut, I, I quite like it. But the more you think about it, she's chained to the bed. Yeah. So, so even she if wakes she makes up, it out, what's she's she going to do? And then I also- I mean, she could call for help and hopefully eventually maybe, someone will help yeah. her because Chris Pine- Turns but out how weak has, would her body be? She hasn't been talking yeah, or moving got, for yeah. God knows how And he's long just now. been, like, occasionally watering her. Yeah. Ew. And I don't know. It just – the more I thought about it, yeah. the more questions I had, well, but yeah. not in a good way. And the further away I got from it – like, we walked out and I said, oh, it's not the best, best film ever, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. The, the further away I get from it, I'm like, well, that wasn't explained. That wasn't explained. Like. Yeah. Why does Florence Pugh see the plane crash? You know, why does she yeah. see the eggs? Um, yeah. Like, so is that something wrong with the virtual reality? Like a like a glitch in the Matrix type I, thing? I guess, yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, I don't know. Yeah. And is is Jack, Harry Styles, does he have a role in this world- where he has some autonomy because is his promotion just the simulation or is that the all the players together in the game actually- I guess the promotion is just an excuse for him to fucking dance what for five minutes. What the fuck was with that? Doing stupid like barrel rolls Like Harry Styles has good rhythm. He, oh. was, he was doing weird tap steps that weren't in tap shoes. He was doing some barrel rolls that weren't performed like that well. I've seen yeah. better barrel rolls. I didn't need 50 and it million was of so them. So long. And it's so bizarre that kind of. Int- that's the one bit where the direction was a bit like, what, what? are you doing here? Like, what is the aim of this scene? Because we're intercutting between that and her kind of confessing her fears and kind mm. of psychosis to Olivia Wilde. Yeah. And it's like. I well, don't and you understand had missed the Dita juxtaposition. You had missed the Dita Von Teese striptease as well, right, like the burlesque yeah. show. And so that, on top of Harry Styles dancing, I was just a bit like, "What? Yeah. Where are we going with this now?" Yeah. And for many, many scenes in the film, I was like, "Get to the yeah. point!" Like I think we the film understand. Is- okay, Florence is figuring something out. We understand this. We understand that. 
Yeah. Something has to happen because it, I'm bored. The scenes were too long. It does it felt yes, long. Yeah. It does get a little bit repetitive, I think, in the back half. And I think the pacing no, is a bit off. Even at the start. I think the pacing is a bit off. I, I said to you, I think it's very strange the way she kind of gets cured of her mm-hmm. psychosis via the electroshock therapy. And even at that point, I'm going, wait, is that in the virtual world or is yes, that in the real world? Exactly. It has to be in the real world, which raises even more questions. I mean, they know where she is. They have yes. her address. They're just going to go kill her as soon as she gets out of the virtual world anyway. I would assume so. Or, or was the electroshock therapy in the real world to make her more submissive to the virtual reality? I don't fucking know. Who knows? And it was weird. Yeah. And, and then mm. immediately, the very next scene- she's killing him. And it's like, well, what was the point of all that? Like, it's just, it's getting a little bit, you know, and I think, again, I liked this film. I I think I liked it even more than I know that I should. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that this isn't a great film, but I do think that it's doing some very interesting things. And I think mm. some of the symbolism lands, some, some of it- What symbolism are you talking about? I didn't even actually realise this until I was reading the Wikipedia page afterwards, mm. that her name is Alice and, oh, her like friend's Alice name in Wonderland. Is, and her friend's name is Bunny. Yeah. So, yes, it's very kind of on the nose, Alice in Wonderland. But then mm. some of the other stuff, like you mentioned, the plane crash. And I find very strange the, um, the ballet- in the f- yeah. And not just that, but the synchronized dancing, which is, I guess, obviously, for some reason, it, it, it's almost acts as the portal. You know, like when they're laying in yeah. bed with their eyes open, the visions of the, you know, synchronized dancing yeah. is clearly important somehow. But to me, it's almost one of those things. And I spoke Maybe about this. Maybe it's like supposed to be mesmerizing. It slips guess, your brain into the reality yeah. and- your character that I, has I been guess. chosen for you. But I, I spoke know. about this recently with Nope, where I really loved the Geordie the Monkey stuff, mm. but it's very kind of unrelated to the rest of the film. And to me, that's kind of something where Jordan Peele pictured that and was like, oh, wow, that's going to be an awesome scene mm. and just kind of had to work it in somehow. And I feel <laughs> like the synchronized dancing is a bit the same. Like someone mm. just liked the look of it and it does look cool. Like yeah. those shots are awesome. Oh, yeah. But I can't figure out what it means. <laughs> well, it's about, you know, perfection and, you know. I guess. Like, very organised and, um, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Perf- perfection, I guess. <laughs> so, all in all, how are you scoring, Don't Worry Darling? I think I'm giving it a six and a half out of ten. Okay, yeah. Like, in years to come, like many years later when I've forgotten a lot of it, I would I would probably sit down and maybe watch this with like you or a group of people just for yeah. something kind of you know engaging. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't want to see it again anytime soon because I just so many times was like, get to the fucking point yeah. in this scene. Yeah. Yes, we understand what's happening. Hurry up! But it just played on like. Yeah. It was like actor porn. Like if you it really like watching Florence. I mean, do something. Yeah, we like watching Florence do anything, but. At some point, the story had to keep progressing, and I was like, cut this scene down. Yeah. See, look, maybe it is just because of my love for Florence, but I'm an 8 out of 10 on this. I Really? Yeah, I there's really, so really enjoyed this. There's so many things that are just not explained. I, yeah, I know that, but there's that happens in just about all of my favourite movies. I, I don't necessarily always need an explanation for everything mm. that happens, and- like, yes, I think especially towards the end, I would like more. I, I would either like the Gemma Chan storyline to be cut or to be explained more. I think at the moment, it's yeah. right in the middle Have, and it it's just not felt, enough for me. It just felt like it was supposed to be, uh, oh, look, 
girl power moment. Yeah. Like Florence Pugh is running away. Bunny has told her to leave. So Bunny has gone against the rules as well. She stopped Nick Kroll, who I'm not sure is why he's in this film. Um, She's stopped him. So like Bunny's gone against the rules. Florence has gone against the rules. And then we think Gemma Chan is going against the rules. Maybe. But also is she the the conductor of it all? Maybe. And, And it just was like, okay, but what happens now? Yeah. Like, is Bunny going to get in trouble? Is Nick Kroll going to get in trouble because he's responsible for his wife? What? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What were the consequences I of totally, all that? I totally get all that. And I also have those issues, but I guess I'm just able to overcome it because I Florence loved Pugh's the so direction and I loved- Flo- I mean, this movie has the hottest love scene of all time. <laughs> oh, my God. It does. Look, Stop maybe it's- with your- Billy Dunham, big calls. Maybe, it was it was steamy. Yes, oh, it's not the hottest of it all. It was the, time. the hot. Maybe it's just because I'm a tourist and there's the whole food thing as well because they're on the dining table. But when well, she's they're not pushing, eating it, Billy. It's oh, on the floor. oh, something is getting eaten. <laughs> well, yes, Florence is getting eaten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it is the hottest love scene of all time. I'm going out there. I'm saying it. I'm I'm, I'm even going to play the sound effect right here. Don't. Oh. Too late. It happens. Big call. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so I I don't know. The production value was amazing. The cast were amazing. There was just a few too many plot holes for me that yeah. just That's fair. and editing. Editing really needed to step up and it didn't. Before we move on, it's also the spooky season, so we decided to check out Hocus Pocus 2. That's true, we did. Which is a 2022 American fantasy comedy film directed by Anne Fletcher, written by Jen D'Angelo and produced by Walt Disney, a sequel to the 93 film that stars Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy Jimmy, and Doug Jones reprising their roles, with Sam Richardson, Whitney Peake, Tony Hale, and Hannah Waddingham joining the cast. And what is it about, Noosk? Well, the sisters are back. <laughs> and trouble ensues. It felt very... Very Disney. Yeah. It felt uh, kind of fun for the three, you know, witches, the Bette Midler yeah. um, pack. But you kept rolling your eyes at me oh, and staring at time. me like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And I was like, you have to remember the first one was like this too. I know, but you know what? It, this we- one just had less talk of virgins, thank God. <laughs> we rewatched the first one last year, though, and I don't remember rolling my eyes. And look, maybe but a lot of it is nostalgia. Thing. I get that. This movie felt like it had no soul to me. This felt no. like it was a, just a cash grab, 100%. No, which feels fine. even weirder to me, because then if it's just a cash grab, make it theatrical. I don't understand it the draw theatrical. of putting these things on Disney+. Plus. Oh, theatrical release. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant like it wasn't. It didn't have enough flair. And I'm like, Bette Midler no, has flair when she showers. What are you is, talking about? This is my problem. It had too much flair. All right. So the first Hocus Pocus, they sing once and it's in context. It's at a concert. I, I hated the second they were brought back in this film. They sing a really weird song and it's not directed to anybody. They even draw attention to it. The girl who brought them back is like, who are you singing for? And it's like, yes. Who are you singing yeah, for? Yeah, but that's kind of funny. Oh. Like, everyone in a Disney film breaks out in song and it's not explained. No, Who cares? I, I couldn't cope with it. No. Oh, my God. You have to forget you and put your ego aside. And remember, this is a film for, like, yeah. um, seven uh, brave seven-year-olds or, like, our daughter, eight to 12-year-olds. And it yeah. hit the target mark. Our daughters loved it. I mean, get over yourself. <laughs> I get that, but let's face it: that's not who the target audience is because they are cashing in on nostalgia. Their their core audience 
is millennials. It's people like us who watched mm. the original as children. No, see, I think that's where you're wrong. They know they'll get them. It's millennials to show their children. Yes. Is that what it is? Yes, it's a modern version to yeah. pass on to your kids. They know the millennials who are interested and love the old one are going to watch it. They needed to yeah. appeal to that audience. It felt almost a bit Babysitter's Club, a bit, I don't know, I don't know just- yeah, proper Disney yeah. live action film. Mm. Everything's very cheesy. The thing that disappointed me most is I really, really liked the start, actually. The first kind of 10 minutes where it's prequel territory, mm. territory where it's the, the witches as young children and we're seeing what happened to yes. them. Yes. I actually liked that stuff and I thought we were in for a better film at that point. And then, <laughs> then as soon as they come back, big thumbs down. No, it was- if you don't want to show your kids the old one because there are far too many talks about being virgins, yeah, which we decided last year when we rewatched it yeah. not to show our kids, um, it's great. It's a it's a good way to introduce. Like our youngest has asked to watch it twice today. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, see, wow. it's hit its mark. Kids it's just dumb. not for you. <laughs> Says the guy who gave Tommy Boy a whatever. Don't bring up Tommy Boy. I need to. <laughs> yeah, I j- just because- Justice for podcasts. <laughs> la- last week on the show, I did The Room, famously the worst show of all time. And Julio from The Contrarians commented saying, uh, how does it compare to Tommy Boy? <laughs> um, fuck you, Julio. I, I like you. But if you keep smack talking Tommy Boy, we're done. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> he's, he's all talk. Don't worry. Yeah, I love you, Julio. <laughs> Let's talk about the music in Hocus Pocus 2. I spoke about disliking the song. Mm-hmm. Apart from that, I actually quite like the soundtrack. The girls, as you say, they loved this movie for some yeah. reason. They wanted the soundtrack in the car the other day. It's a pretty banging Halloween mix, I think. It's better than the first one. Wait, Bette Midler is entertaining? You're sh- oh, no, 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 shocking. No, no, no. Not, not the Bette Midler stuff. I hated all of these sung songs in this film. So what are you talking about? The general soundtrack. It's, oh. it's actually really good. <laughs> Twee enough for you? <laughs> no, just Halloweeny. It's just lots of classic, you know, kind of monster mashy type songs. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Um, did you did you laugh in this film? I feel like there was one moment when I laughed. I did also fall asleep towards the end. <laughs> what did I laugh at? Was it the beauty stuff when she's trying to trick them into like using like potions and they're like drinking the lotions and stuff? Uh no, but that that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that like, wasn't bad. Yeah, I liked yeah. that. Um, I can't remember what it was. There was one point I laughed. Yeah. Otherwise, not so much. Yeah. The best part of the film is Tony Hale, the guy who yeah. the land on the map was blue. <laughs> <laughs> Mum said it's too windy. <laughs> he's 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 the best. And the best thing about the film was his um, jack-o'-lantern sweater, which I immediately Googled. Yes, yes. And then I reminded you that when we go trick-or-treating here, it's effing hot <laughs> and you can't wear a sweater. All right. So, how are you scoring Hocus Pocus 2? Mm, I don't know. I don't feel like I can give it a score because I fell asleep towards the end. And that's not the film's fault. Like, I just was it's tired and the, the kids were in. Fault. You take well, that into account. It was early, too. We call this a movie night to trick our kids. The movie was done by 5 p.m. I am very tired. Um, I don't know. I Maybe a, maybe a six and a half out oh, of ten again. Jesus. What? I'm a three on this film. You are so scathing. It's not for you. Yeah. I feel like it should have been, though. That's my problem. I okay. feel like it at least has to appeal. You know, like, the best Disney movies, 
other ones where the adults can enjoy them too. True. And this is the kind of movie where I feel like our children won't even enjoy this within months. No. Well, they seem really keen on it now. Yeah. I thought it hit its target market. You're turning into Topher. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Topher, he'll be coming up on the show soon, but mm. a little bit of an announcement and I've and and I've given the patrons the heads up about this, but um very soon, the show will be running its course through to the end of November, and from that point on, I will be going fortnightly. Yes. So, so you won't have me in your ear holes every week, but, you know, still fortnightly. That's not bad. And, uh, you know, sometimes we'll be doing double episodes like this. I always thought the fun thing about the name We Watched a Thing, too, is that it lends itself to TV as well. So maybe mm. I'll throw some TV episodes up. Succession. <laughs> And uh, I, m- I might be having a few less guests as well. I think if you don't see a guest named in the episode, it'll be, you know, one of a series of kind of rotating co-hosts. You'll have the wonderful Noosk, of course. Uh, former patron extraordinaire David Powell is going to be joining me as a bit of a more regular co-host as well. Um, so, yeah, that's the future of the show. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. But next week I'll be joined by Nick from Nikolai's Kitchen talking about Clerks 3, which is pretty exciting. A week after that, I've finally tricked Noosk into watching a Halloween film with me. I do not consent. <laughs> and uh, and then after that, Topher and I will be doing a marathon of Lord of the Rings. And it's after that episode that we'll be going fortnightly. So look out for that one. Mm. Are you taking a break while we're in Japan? That's Lord of the Rings. Ah, yeah. interesting. So that will go up while we're in Japan. Because we're yes. going to Disneyland. Yeah, we are. <laughs> All right. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing. And I'll catch you next week. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf.